Thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast is a ministry of Mountain View Baptist Church in Thomaston, Georgia. For more information about our church or services, please visit our website at mvbaptist.org. We sincerely hope you enjoy the message. Glory in this place. Amen. Amen. God is so good. Wow, His Spirit, Spirit's all over me. Praise the Lord. I want to tell you something tonight, friends, and you know this, and I know sometimes you hear sermons and you're like, my goodness, here we go again, and that kind of thing. I, I, want, I want to tell you something. Out in this world, they're looking for who Jesus is. They really are. They, there's a bunch of them living like the devil. I know that, but they don't, they don't have a good representation of, of who Jesus is out there a lot of times. A lot of times, this is where we do that. This, you know, we do the Jesus stuff in church and then come Monday, Randy, come Monday, we get out there and, and it's not like we're living like the devil. I'm not necessarily saying that. There may be some that do, but I'm saying that we get out there on Monday and we don't just don't show Jesus. We just don't, people don't recognize him. They don't, they say, I wonder, I wonder what in the world, I wonder what in the world Jesus is really like. I hear about this Jesus from these church folks every once in a while and they invite me to church and all, but I wonder what he looks like. I wonder what he acts like. I wonder, I wonder what he sounds like. I wonder the, what, what kind of words does he use? What kind of things does he do? What kind of kindness does he have? I, I wonder. They're out there looking. They're out there looking, and they're looking hard, and they're not seeing it, folks, because if they saw it enough, they saw it enough, we could see revival happen. I promise you that. We could definitely see revival happen. If you would, please stand for the reading of God's holy word. We're in Matthew chapter 21. Again, quite a few verses. Just hang in there with me. When they drew nigh to Jerusalem and were come to Bethphage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose, loose them and bring them unto me. If any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them. And straightway he will send them. And this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt in the foal of an ass. And disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put, them, put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that come in the name of the, comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And listen to this, verse 10. And when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? You may be seated. Awful lot of people out there wondering. They're, they're, they're wondering. And I'm, folks, I'm going to tell you, in Thomaston alone, in Thomaston alone, and I know all kinds of studies have been done, done and all kinds of things have been happening. I tell you guys this on a regular basis. I'll tell you tonight that if you were to fill every church up in, in Upson County, if you were to fill every one of them up, we'd still have probably three-quarters of the county that didn't have a church to go to. So we need not be in competition with one another. What we need to do is fill these churches up. 
We need to tell people, we need to tell people about Jesus, get them saved, point them to a church, a Bible-believing church. If it's close to them, get them there. If their friends are going there, go there. If your cousin's going, go there. Just make sure you're in a church somewhere, praise God. Make sure you're learning the word. Make sure you know. And see, there's an awful lot of folks out there in Thomaston who have never heard the gospel. You say, well, that's just not true. Why don't you ask the folks in our church that went on their CIA, the Christians in action yesterday, just four or five of them yesterday going and knocking on doors and knocking on doors and knocking on doors about Jesus. There's a group here at Mountain View that does that. And they, they were knocking on doors. Well, they went to one door. Listen to this. This is so neat. Went to door, one door. And we're talking, talking to a young lady. A little 10-year-old boy came up and gave them a card that was witnessing to them. He said, here's a card. And they just traded back and forth about Jesus and talking about Jesus. Now, think about this. Jesus is about to die. He's coming into, he's coming into town. And, 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 and here's the thing. They're wondering. Everybody's wanting to hear about him healing. They hear about him doing all these special miracles. They hear about this stuff. But some of these people have never even seen him before. He's coming to Jerusalem. They're hearing this commotion, people putting down branches. They think he's the Messiah. They think he's a political Messiah. Hosanna in the name of, listen, in the name of the Lord. He that cometh in the name of the Lord. They're just having a good, and hey, you know what? For just a moment, for just a few moments, he's, he's a pretty popular guy. But Jesus really isn't into popularity because he realizes it's fleeting. He realized that in a moment's notice that people can turn on you. They can like you one minute. They can, they can hate you another minute. They can, they can do it. Popularity isn't all that, it, all that it cracked up to be. Let me tell you a little bit about America, and then we'll get into the sermon. Okay, so that a lot of us say, well, we love democracy. But not realizing this country wasn't created to be a democracy. This country was created to be a representative republic. You say, Ryan, what's the difference? Well, democracy is mob rule. That means 51% say, say something, that's the way it'll be. Doesn't matter what it is. They think all preachers have the cut, heads cut off, 51%. That's mob rule. Now, I understand there's some states as such that we have, we have democracy. I know we have a little bit of democracy in America. But here's the thing. is representative republic, meaning that we can, we, can have, we can have rights as individuals, that we can have rights as even though we may be in the minority, that we have rights. The founders knew what they were doing with all that. But you see, just because an idea is popular doesn't mean it's right. There's an awful lot of popular ideas out there right now that aren't right. And if everybody had to vote on those popular ideas, we'd be in a mess. We'd be in a mess. But what we have in America is a representative republic in the sense that they can't just come in and impose all those things on us all at once. They certainly can have it happen. But popularity, Jesus says, you know what? I'm coming in here and all these people are so excited. He's not riding in on a stallion. He's not riding on a He's riding in on a donkey. He's coming in. There. He's Listen, he's coming in as a servant king. He's coming in as both. He's coming in as son of man, son of God. He's coming in as both. And there are all kinds of palm branches. Oh, how popular he was. And it was something to be popular. And I'm going to tell you something, in the Facebook age, and this is not to crush Facebook, but in the Facebook age, people just not even want, they, they get devastated when one person says, I, I'm off this page, or I'm going to unfriend you, or however that works on Facebook, I'm, you know, as if you were my friend anyway. But here's, here's the thing, and so, so you're going to, and people are devastated because someone doesn't like them. We talked about it in Sunday school this morning, and Jesus said this, said, if they hate you, if that world out there hates you, it's okay because they started by hating me. If this world hates you out there, it's okay because they started by hating me. This is what's going to happen when you stand for something and he's going in there. They're all laughing. They're all having a good time and they're all worshiping him. And he says, this won't last but just a couple of days. 
This won't last but just a few hours, and I'll, I'll be, they'll be turning on me in a heartbeat. Don't ever put your trust fully in man. Put it in God. What we say this morning, God's not man that he should lie. That's the one that we're trusting. And Jesus is coming into this thing, and he says, listen, popularity doesn't matter. You remember, I don't know if any of you remember, maybe they still got the products out there, but if you want to kill mice, they had something called decon. And it was like, you could, you could put these little traps out there and it had this food on it. This guy was telling a story one time that he had a, he had a mouse problem big time in his in apartment and everything. And it, and it was a downstairs apartment. They could get in and all that. He said he put decon out everywhere. Here's the thing. And those, those rats, he said literally at night. Now, why he stayed here, I don't know. But he said literally at night he could hear those rats eating the poison. He said, oh, yeah, we're going to get you. But then the next night he heard them eating it again. He said, well, I wonder how long this takes. He said the third night, and listen, the third night he heard nothing. Think about this. They came into that popular stuff. They came into that popular food. They were eating it. They were devouring it. They were eating it all up and everything. It was all good and great. Listen, and then the, just the next night, they said, hey, we're going to go get us some more of this stuff. They went and got them some more of this stuff. By the third night, they were completely dead. Folks, let me tell you something about this popularity that Jesus was experiencing. He wasn't getting a high off of it, I can promise you. He wasn't saying, man, maybe I've convinced them now. Maybe I've got him there. And he's not fooled by our false worship. When we come in and we're excited for one moment, and then the rest of the time we're so down, he's not, he's not concerned. He said, listen, who is going to worship me in spirit and truth? And then here's the thing. These people, when he comes in, there's a lot of people that had not heard of him, Sammy, and they say this. They say, who is this guy coming into town right here? Why is everybody in such an uproar about him? What's the big deal? First thing he would say is, who is this, who is this man that heals people? Who is this man that heals people? I, I, said I, would, I said I would share this, and I want you to be praying about this. My son Knox has Crohn's disease. Many of you know that. He has Crohn's disease. It's rocking his world. Now, he takes a treatment. He takes treatment every six weeks. He takes six, every, every six weeks, he's in there four hours. It's intravenous, and he gets to eat. But here's the thing. We think maybe his gallbladder is going, going bad on him. He doesn't have stones. And, and I'm just sharing this. He, he doesn't have stones. Um, but they're going to do what's called a HIDA scan on him this week, Tuesday. They're going to do one on Tuesday. HIDA scan to see if he has sludge in his, in his gallbladder. Let me tell you something about my son. My son's lost 50 pounds in six months. You say, well, Ryan, that, you know, and, and listen, he can stand, you lose a few pounds like me. You know, we were, at first it was okay, but let me tell you something. He can't keep anything down. He, he's, he's, he's eating, and he, he texted me the other day. <laughs> he texted me the other day. He said, Dad, he said, the worst part of this is psychological. He said, I want to eat. He said, I didn't get to a point where I don't want to eat. He said, I, I, don't, I don't even want to eat because I know what's about to happen. He's throwing up like he's anorexic. In fact, in fact, the doctors put down, please, if you leave here and say he's anorexic, you're crazy. That's not what, they put down some kind of, that anorexic was in it because what it is is, is not wanting food, basically, in a sense of that. It's not meaning that he's trying to do what he's doing to himself because he'd love nothing more than to eat what I eat. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes, folks, I'll be sitting there, I said to myself, I, somebody called me up and say, I got this need, will you pray about it? I say, yes, let's pray. And man, I'll pray a hard prayer. I'll pray a strong prayer. Here's the thing. Will I believe strong enough when it's me that I'm praying for? Will I, or, or am I going to go to doubt, Randy? Am I going to go to doubt when it's, when it's a son that desperately needs our prayer for his liver? When, when it's something like, am I, going, am I going to pray just as hard when it's my son that I'm, that I'm looking at and say, am I going to believe just as much? I'm going to believe, hey, God, by the way, you're coming. And God, God got me on that last week. Last week I was preparing this sermon, and I just got through praying with a lady. I just got praying. She had all kinds of stuff. Keith and I met with her. She had all kinds of stuff on her. She was just piling up. It was regular life stuff. It was just piling up all at once. And I got to praying with everything, and I got to... It, 
as soon as she was gone, as soon as she was gone, I sat there and started, and God just got on me and he said, are you going to believe like you told her to believe? Are you going to believe like you told her to believe? Because if you're going to believe like you told her to believe, we're going to do something for him. We're going we're gonna to see something happen for him. And I can't wait. I'm going to tell you what, if you want to see sloppy eating, you wait till he gets that gallbladder out. If he gets that thing out, he and I are going to eat crazy. I mean, as soon as he can. But folks, here's the thing. Who's this man? He was healing people. He was healing the blind. He was healing. He was, listen, 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 he'd go in. This lady had an issue of blood for 12 years. She thought she was finished. You know the story. But here she was. She, all she had to do was grab onto his garment. I wonder how many Christians are willing to grab onto his garment tonight and say, you know what? I need a healing, and I need a physical healing, and I want to be healed. Who is this man that's doing this? It's that Jesus, praise God. Who is this man that's healing? You know what I wonder, folks? I wonder this, who is this, man who, who is this man who delivers from demons? Something about this world that shocks me about Baptist. We read the stories and we, we get in the Bible and begin to flip through the pages and we see story after story of demonic activity. And we see the death of Jesus and then we see the resurrection of Jesus and we assume at that point that there was no more demonic activity. When in fact, we can tell in this nation today that demons are at an all-time fast and frantic rate. They realize something. They think, hey man, maybe the time is getting near. And I'm telling you folks, it is everywhere and it is rampant. It's in children, it's in adults, it's everywhere, folks. And I wonder who this is. These people are saying, I hear stories, this man has cast out demons. Can you imagine just for a minute that demoniac is out there and he has been, he has been in chains. They've locked him up in a cave. He doesn't have clothes on. He is biting himself. He's all of these things. I've told you this before. Wouldn't it be something if he had at one time been a good daddy he'd be a good brother he'd been a good husband he'd been all those things and he was in his house he was in his house and he got to dabbling in things y'all not dabbling maybe and the demonic activity started getting in his in his life and suddenly he was so oppressed that he had a thousand of these demons many many demons inside of him living in him. here he was able to come in and recognize that and to cast it out and to free this man it's happening already. You say, I wonder why all this is happening. Folks, it's not just because of flesh. It is also because of these spiritual forces that are out there that are just, that have not only possessed the unbeliever, but are oppressing the believer. And we say to ourselves, what do we do? We go and we fight like, we, like this man did. Who is this man that comes in and does this? Folks, I'm telling you, I read this from a pastor. He, he had written an article, and I remember reading this, reading this article. And he said this. He said he was on a plane one time, and I shared this with 830 many years ago. But, but I said this. I said, this is what he wrote. He said he got on an airplane, and there was a guy sitting beside him. Guy, and the way he described him, I was like, wait a second. That, he said he's bald with a goatee. I was like, wait a second. No, 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 no. But anyway, he said the guy was right beside him. He said and the guy was, had some note cards and was mumbling some stuff. He said, I just reckoned he was praying. He was one of us. So the pastor said, hey, man, my name's such and such. The guy said, hey, my name's such and such and everything. He said, uh, he said what you doing there? He said, I'm a, uh, he said, what you doing with the cards? He said, well, I'm praying. He said, well, good, good, good. He said, he said, uh, he said what are you praying about? He said, well, I'm praying for the downfall of Christian pastors in America. 
He said, uh, am I on that list? He said, no, no, no. He said, I've looked through you. You're not on this list. You're, you're not on this list. Guys, do you realize in this nation there are people praying to an entity other than our God to see us fall apart? And in many places, it's working. And these people are all sitting there going, who is this? This guy's coming into town. I heard a story about him uh, delivering this woman and delivering that man. And, and I, I've heard the story of, these, of, of Mary Magdalene who had these demons in her. And I, I hear this story of this, this demoniac and all of these different people that he, he, he delivered from these uh, spirits of dumbness and all these different things that he delivered from. Who is this coming into this land? Folks, it's the same one that shows up every Sunday at Mountain View to hear your praises and to hear your prayer request. He's the same one that can deliver this world from demonic activity today if we would just believe. Who is this God who can do this? Praise God. He's manipulated an awful lot, folks. We have to pray against it, but I'll tell you something else. Folks, when are we going to realize that we have authority? Oh, don't go in there with a weak faith. It says, I'm going to avoid it. I'm not going to be a part of that. Let me tell you something. Don't you go in someplace and don't you try to do any of this mess. Don't you try to be Paul. Don't you try to be Jesus. Any of that mess. You know the story. Go into a, go into a, a demon and trying to cast a demon out somehow. And you've decided that you've got the authority. The only authority you have is Jesus Christ. In the name Jesus Christ, you better have a relationship with Jesus Christ and a real one even to start doing this mess. But here's, here, here's what, to, to have authority, can you imagine for a moment that demoniac when he was freed, running up over the hill and that little girl, I've said it before, that little girl, that daughter of his saying, that looks like daddy running down the hill, that looks like daddy coming and she got excited, mama, mama, come look, come look and mama comes out there and sees him running and they go running together and they meet up somewhere along the way. But what about your authority, folks? It better be in Jesus, don't mock God. Man comes to a farmer one day and he gets out of this really uh, sophisticated car, and he, he gets out of there, and, man, he's dressed to a T. He comes up, and he says, I am, uh, I'm an inspector with the water here in, in the county, and I'm, I'm coming through here, and I'm, I'm going to check your farm out. The, the farmer kind of looks at him strange and says, well, that's fine. He said, but whatever you do, don't go into that field right over there. He says, uh, I don't think you understand, sir. I've got to check it all. He said, well, I'm, you know, I get it, man. It's, it's, I understand. But just, I'm just for your own safety, don't go in that field over there. And it kind of got, kind of ticked the guy off from the water department kind of thing. He ticked him off. He said, listen, I've got the authority going there. Listen here, here, here's my, here's my badge here. Here's my badge. Here's my badge. Means I've got the authority to go in here. He said, fine, fine. You check the whole farm out. It wasn't 20 minutes later. He heard a bunch of screams. He went out there. There was a bull chasing the guy. And he said, hey, show him your badge. Show him your badge. Make sure, and when you're dealing with this, make sure when you're dealing with what's demonic and what's spiritual that you're right with Jesus. Now, I don't mean perfect. Nobody's going to be perfect. But I mean you've been spending time with the Lord. It happens. It happens, folks. Happens all over the place. And I'm going to tell you something. You're going to know the difference. Who is this man that can do this, who can set people free? 
How, how are you going to respond? How are you going to respond? It's Jesus. It's, and the whole point is this. Oh, the whole point. And we'll just get in. The whole point is we keep going. As we keep going and we keep getting to these points, I want you to remember something, folks. I want you to remember not only your authority, but I want you to remember that the way that when they go out there and say, who is this Jesus? It is our job to show them that Jesus. See, they don't have the opportunity to see a man coming into Jerusalem and go, who is this? Right now they're going out there, who is the church? What do they even mean? What do they believe? What is all this stuff? I don't understand any of it. Well, friend, that's where we come in. Where we go out and we tell them, who is this, who is this man who claims to be God? Claims he's God. Who is this? He says, listen, and when he calls himself, I am that I am. When he says, when you've seen the Father, you've seen me. He says, this, this guy right here coming into Jerusalem, he's, he, he says he's God? You go out to the real world and you start telling him, he says he's God. He says, he, he, says he's the, he says he's the son of God and that he is God. And he says that he and the Father are one. He says he's one with God. He says all these things. Well, so, when are we going to teach the world this? When are we going to teach? When are we going to stop being a country club? Oh, you've heard it so much. When are we going to stop being a country club and we're going to go out there and we're going to tell a world that's dying and we're going to grab hold of them and say, I promise you I can get you through. Claims he's God. Let me tell you about, let me tell you about the different Jesuses we got. Here you go. I was writing this down. It's so funny. Kim came by. She said, Ryan, how do you even read your notes? I said, uh, I can't read my notes. I just, I just come up with it as I'm going. Amen? But here's, here's the thing, folks. What about the, uh, what about the Republican Jesus? He's against tax increases. And activist judges, he's for family values in the Second Amendment. How about the Democrat Jesus? He's, a, he's against money and wealthy and the wealthy, and he's against hard work and, and, and the greatest prophets, Karl Marx. And what about the therapist Jesus? He, he copes with problems and don't feel bad about your sin and how valuable. Just make sure you know how valuable you are. How about the Starbucks Jesus? We like the Starbucks Jesus. That's exactly right. You can get all the spiritual stuff you need. Here, here's your coffee with your spiritual time today. And look, there's nothing wrong with coffee. There's nothing wrong with, with donuts and things. There's nothing wrong with those things. But that's Starbucks Jesus, it says, drink for drink your coffee, drive your hybrid car. Jesus drives a hybrid car. Did y'all know that? Festivals and talks about spiritual stuff. What about the open-minded Jesus? He doesn't ever call out sin. He doesn't call out. The open-minded Jesus doesn't call out sin. He's not going to tell you anything that make you feel bad about yourself. What about touchdown Jesus? Everybody on Saturdays and Sundays, Lord, just help us win. Help him get a point. That touchdown Jesus, he's on my side. He roots for Georgia. He roots for Florida. No, he doesn't. He roots for his people, praise God. What about, what about gentle Jesus? I mean, if that's the only Jesus you know. Gentle Jesus isn't going to cause any, he's not going to hurt a fly. Gentle Jesus isn't going to mess with him. He, he is just as kind and sweet as he possibly can be. Gentle Jesus is meek and mild. He, he's got the high cheekbones and the flowing hair. I mean, he looks like Fabio. He's just, he's just so kind and nice, and, and, and he can't believe it's not butter. Amen? Here, here's, here's the, what's the way? That's it. That's it. Gentle Jesus. What about hippie Jesus? What about hippie Jesus? Give peace a chance. World without religion, all we need is love. What about the yuppie Jesus? Reach a full potential. Buy a boat. This is how you do all of this. What about spiritual Jesus? He hates religion. He, 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 listen, all this pastor stuff, and he hates suits, and, and he wants you just to go to nature and feel good about yourself. What about, what about Christmas Jesus? 
Christmas Jesus is little baby Jesus and a, and a, and a little manger, and, and man, he's, he's just perfect. And, and he, look at all the magi around him, and look at all the shepherds around him. What about revolutionary Jesus? All he wants to do is go in there and just take this whole thing over. What about boyfriend Jesus? He wraps his arms around us, and we sing together, and his love is so intoxicating. What about good example Jesus? He wants a better planet. He wants you to recycle he wants you to become a better you. You know what I say? What about the Bible, Jesus? What about the King of kings, the Lord of lords, almighty God, everlasting Father, the Prince of peace, almighty God? What about the one who says, yes, I'll love you through whatever you're going through, but I expect, what about the God who says, be holy for I am holy? What about the one who will come in and hold you when he needs to hold you? But he's not concerned. All of those things that we're concerned about in this world, sure, he loves you. He loves what he, he'll love what you love as long as what you love is what he loves. What about the Bible, Jesus? We keep, we keep making that Jesus. He claims he's God. These people say, who is this person? Who is this person that disrupts government? Who is this person that disrupts government? Think about this just for a second, folks. Our Declaration of Independence in America, and I can't, July 4th, I, 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 might, I, might, uh, I might just blow my brain out as far as the preaching. But here's my thing. I so love this country. I don't worship it. But let me tell you something about this country. Declaration of Independence, they said this. We are endowed by our creator. The rights you have, which are inalienable. I mean, they can't be taken back because they can't be taken away from you because they were given by God. They were given by God. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Notice the pursuit. Notice the pursuit. Didn't say we promise you happiness. See, that's what they try to change now. They say, I don't promise you happiness. No, 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 no. We promise you the ability to pursue happiness. If you can't, ha- if you can't get it, that's on you. That's on you. Wait, look, at the, look at this. Hey, somebody, does, he comes in and he says, listen, I'm not about overthrowing the government. I'm about overthrowing the enemy. I'm about saving souls. Oh, it gets so hard sometimes because all I can think about is going in here, taking all this stuff back from America. He says, Ryan, if you would pay as much attention and more attention to saving souls as you are about saving America, we could change America and everything would be saved. Amen. Revival would come through. These people are like, who is this man busting up in Jerusalem? Who is this that defies governments? The Roman authorities don't like him. The, the, the zealots don't like him. All these people that are trying to overthrow Rome don't like him. Both sides don't like him. He's got this little group of people who are hanging out with him and doing what they can. This is, nature, this is what the declaration said. They said he is nature's God. All men are created equal. We are endowed by our creator. We have inalienable rights. And look, Congress, if you go to Congress, Congress even today, that filthy place, that filthy place. If you go to Congress today, you'll see Bible verse after Bible verse after Bible verse that has been engraved in stone all around them. And some of them try to cover them up. But I'm telling you something, from the very beginning of this and even their prayer time, at the very beginning of our nation was Jesus. And he said, listen, if you'll be a nation that will follow me and a nation that will get the word out about me, while they're saying, who is Jesus? You're that nation that's telling them who Jesus is. I promise I'll bless you but what guess what where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty is what the bible says where the spirit of the lord is not you'll lose liberty say ryan we're losing liberty what does that tell you the spirit of the lord beginning to lift his hand off america 
Who's this Jesus that shakes up our thinking? Who's this Jesus that shakes up our thinking? Think about this just for a minute. I'll be real quick with this point, I promise you. Who's this Jesus that shakes up our thinking? Okay, so you say, Lord, here's my thing. What about murder? I ain't never murdered anybody. I ain't never murdered anybody. And Jesus said, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. He says, if you hate your brother, you've already committed murder in your heart anyway. Oh, well, okay, well, I haven't ever committed adultery, praise God. I haven't committed adultery. So, whoa, 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 whoa. So if you ever lusted after somebody other than your spouse, you've committed adultery already in your heart. What? I want to say something here, and I believe this is from the Lord. I, I really do. I really do. And some people will be mad at me. I, I, I believe you will be. I, I, I don't know. But this week, I was just having a hard time, with, not with lust, but I was having a hard time with the issue of lust because somewhere along the way, we decided that only men lust. Ladies, let me tell you a story. Let me give you the typical men's conference. And I, I don't even have it on my notes. The, the typical men conference is, men... You got a problem with pornography. Get right with God and get off of that. And all of them out there, well, I, I haven't looked at, I, I, you know, I know what a pretty woman looks like, but I haven't been looking at pornography. Let me tell you something. David did this and David did that and it was all sin. It's all everybody, every man's problem and all this kind of stuff. Like, and every man's, I'm telling you, it'll be this year too, Steve. You know that. You know that. And granted, it should be a subject that's brought up. Women's conferences. I know they talk about sin. Don't get me wrong. But for the most part, it's about how much God loves you and how much he wants to forgive you, how much he wants to build you, how much he wants to help you. And girl, you're okay. And we're going to make it. Folks, that's a, that's a lie. Not that you're not going to make it. Lust is a two-way street. You know what I'm begging for? I'm begging for a woman leader who will stand up in front of her women and say, you got the same problem. And say, we need to be on our knees. You know what I believe will happen? I believe a revival will happen. Oh, yeah, there are going to be people hating her. She's going to have to take some blows. She's going to have to get unfriended. She's going to have to have less and less followers on Instagram. But if one would just stand up and say, uh-uh. You know what the Bible tells me as a man? It tells me to avoid loose women. Because it'll kill me. Certainly to blame. But we're equally to blame. Lust isn't just a man's issue. Somehow this culture has made it that way. Lust is a people issue. And what we have to do, friends, is we have to give it to the Lord. We have to give it to the Lord. 
This, this, is a, this rump's coming. He shakes up our thinking. He shakes up our thinking. How is it that, how is it that we, we believe in it? You know, I don't do this and I don't do that. He said, Ryan, it's a, listen, it's a, it's a heart thing. It's a heart thing. It's not about whether or not you have committed an act. Those things are bad enough and you're going to have terrible consequences if you follow through with the act. But if you're even, if you're even taking this inside of you and staying on it and dwelling on it, then God is already having to deal with you. And he may discipline you in the midst of even thinking through these things. Oh, my friends, he shakes up our thinking. Somebody said, uh, and I just go on a tangent here before the last point. Somebody said this. They said, Ryan, what about giving? I was talking in Sunday school the other day. I said, Ryan, what about giving? Do you think we ought to give? I'm talking about shaking up thinking. You think we, tithing, do you think that's a New Testament idea? I said, guys, let's take what Jesus said about the other stuff and see what he, what he thinks. So if I go to adultery and it says, if you even think on another woman that's not your wife, you've committed adultery. And if I go to murder and he says, if you even hate your brother or your sister, you've already committed murder in your heart, then what he's actually done is made it harder. He's made it even harder. So if I say, is tithing a New Testament idea? Maybe not. Maybe it's a little bit more. Maybe it's a little bit more than tithing. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying if you want a standard of Jesus, you want Jesus' words, you want what he says, you want what he says in the scripture, you want, you, you want what he, everything he said got a little bit harder. If somebody says, just, should we tithe Jesus? He'd say, listen, he's showing the widow's might. He's showing the widow's might. That was everything she had. How many of you are going to mortgage your paid-for house and bring it here and put it in the offering? I'm not suggesting you do it, but I'm saying that's what she did. She gave everything she had. And Jesus didn't say, oh, poor little widow, go get your money back out of that offering and take it home with you. And no, 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 he didn't say that. He said, look what she gave. She gave more than any of you. Golly, y'all won't come back next week because I preached so long. Miss Pat... Miss Pat sit right here. Chet, you know what I'm about to say. Miss Pat's suffering. Y'all need to call her up. Just tell her you love her. But I don't know, what, what is it, $10? $10 a month? Now it's $15. So $10 a month she gives to families, feeding families. We have a, um, she's on a limited income. So he gives $10 a month to families feeding families. I wonder how many of us, when it comes time for the offering for families feeding families around Thanksgiving, I wonder how many of us put $120 in there. I wonder how many of us do that. See, now it's up to $15. Now it's up to $50, so $180. I wonder, I wonder when, it comes, when the plate goes around at Thanksgiving, I wonder how many of us grab our checkbook and say, you know what, I think I'll give $180. I'm not suggesting, I'm not even saying you should. I'm saying, look at this. Jesus messes with your thinking. Who is this man that messes with our thinking like this? And she gets $15 a month. She could go and get her three meals at the local restaurant for $15. And she says, I'm going to give to him. And I got no money. And I'm suffering from cancer, praise God. Who is this man that just revolutionizes our thinking? Who is this man who saves souls? He walked around. Listen, he, this man, the, 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 the friends lower this man down into a house, and Jesus says, Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. And they get ticked off. 
Like, who are you to say his sins are forgiven? That should have told him right then because only God can forgive sins. He said, he said, listen, is it easier for me to just tell the man to stand up and walk? Okay, rise up and walk then. Rise up and walk. 9-11. Suzanne Guzman. She's trying to get down the steps. There's all kinds of chaos. Planes have flown into the buildings in New York. She's trying her best to get down the steps. It collapses. She ends up underneath steps and underneath some iron that's got her pinned in. She's in this, she's in this, uh, this air pocket. She's got an air pocket to breathe. And it's the next day. It's September 12th. And she's been crying out. And she's been trying, but she keeps falling asleep and waking up. Falling asleep and waking up. Finally, she hears a voice, a faint voice, hollering and screaming. So she starts hollering back. Finally, finally, somebody comes reaching in, all the rock and rubble, and there's a hand coming through and grabs her hand in the midst of it and says, we got you. 30 minutes later, as they're pulling rubble away, they're able to pull her out of there and help her through that. That's just like Jesus. Who is this Jesus that reaches in like that? One last thing and we're done. One last thing and we're done. Read about this young man who would take his youth group, he'd take his youth group to the nursing homes. I preached at nursing homes. Larry Buckingham, what a tremendous man. Larry Buckingham preaches, really preaches, not just teaches, but preaches at the nursing homes. Wonderful man. But it's hard to do sometimes because they're just, they're kind of staring through you sometimes. You know, and here you get a few amens, a few laughs, and there somebody may laugh, but they didn't hear you anyway. But he, he said, I get so aggravated. I knew I had to take our youth group to this place, and I'd take them. He said, I went inside. This is, his name was Daniel. He said, I went inside, and I'd go in there, and he said, man, I just couldn't. I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. So I, I, you know, these people, they weren't listening to this stuff. So he, he'd get his youth group in there. They'd do their thing. He wasn't the youth leader, but he was a youth volunteer. And he said, I'd always leave. But there was this man by the door one day. He said he came by. His man was, his name was Jackie. And he'd come by. He said, Mr. Jackie, he said, man, I, I, uh, I got to go. I got to go outside here. I, I can't stay, but, but I love you and Jesus loves you. That's what he said. I love you and Jesus loves you. He said, I don't even know why I said that, but it just came out. He said, and every time I go, I go by and I'd say, Mr. Jackie, I love you and Jesus loves you. And the man would just nod his head as such. One time he came in. Mr. Jackie wasn't up front. And they said, he said, where's Mr. Jackie? He said, well, we'll take you back to his room, room number 27. And they took him back there and he, he had a, a granddaughter that was sitting in there and said, he's, uh, he's passed away. She said, but I'm so glad you're here. I, I, I wanted to meet you. I wanted to meet you. He said, why? She said, granddaddy told me to tell Jesus that he had to go. I told him, granddaddy, are you going to see Jesus in just a little while? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, make sure you tell Jesus that I had to go and I don't want him to miss me. And what the granddaughter said was, toward the last few days of his life, he thought Daniel was Jesus. Jesus loves you, and I do too. I wonder if we've ever been mistaken, and you know what I mean by this, if we've ever been mistaken for Jesus. If we've ever, someone said, that must be what he's like. That, that right there must be what Jesus was like. Are they attracted to the gospel 
Now listen, the gospel can be repulsive for those people who don't know Jesus. I know it can. But are you such an attracting force that they say, I want to know what it is about you that makes you who you are? What a wonderful and inspiring word we've just heard. It is our prayer that our Lord has richly blessed you through this message. Please join us next time for another message from our pastor. Until then, may you find hope and peace through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior.